still remember the disappointment, just the sort of uh, shock and almost an anger that I felt when I walked over in the gym for an occasion once. Down to the left, right there next to that gym kitchen, ceiling tiles there, and had occasion to, to lift one of those ceiling tiles, and all of a sudden, there's the old plumbing that is exposed. And there had been some problems in there and some uh, plumbing work. A person had uh, done some plumbing work. And when I looked up there and saw the kind of ratty, terrible, awful, jig, jag of plumbing work in there, I thought, I wouldn't put that in the chicken coop. Just sorry work and hidden over by a little piece of sheetrock or a little piece of ceiling tile. Well, today I'm going to talk to you about the heart of a perfectionist, <laughs> about somebody who's a melancholy, mostly and a little caloric, but I'll tell you about what drives me and kind of why it does. I've thought about this, this, uh, this spirit that I have, this uh, sort of perfectionist spirit that I have, and wondered if, if I was born this way or if it's an acquired thing. Believe me, that debate has gone on in my head a lot. I would like to think that I'm here because I acquired this from reading the Bible. I want you to find the book of Ephesians, please. And on this first Sunday of this brand new year, and hallelujah, His mercies are new every morning, and especially we see them at the beginning of a new year of opportunities. Ephesians chapter 5, verses, or chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, and I'll be preaching on routine excellence. I want you to get that down into your, your gray matter. Routine excellence. Romans 14 and verse 8. Don't lose your Ephesians passage. I'll be back. But I want you to look at verse 8 and some other places here in the Bible on this particular issue. This verse, Romans 14 8, says, Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or whether we die, we are the Lord's. He bought us from sin's slave market with his own blood. Therefore, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 say, You're not your own, or you're bought with a price. Therefore, that is in view of who owns you and the price that was paid for your redemption, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. If that is true, and I think you know that it is, it after all is God's Bible, His inspired holy word. So if that is true, and it is, then everything that we do is really unto the Lord. I want you to get hold of that reality. Everything that you do is unto the Lord. It's really not just what you do at church that's unto the Lord, the songs we sing here and the praise we offer in a worship service like this. When you go out on your job, you're really representing the Lord. And when you do your job, you ought to do it as unto the Lord. And whenever you're driving your car, even in the traffic on 1960 or on I-45 or on Spencer Drive, you ought to do it as unto the Lord. Because you are representing the Lord as a driver or as a neighbor or as a husband, or in everything you do. Listen to the Bible say it. Whether therefore you eat or drink 
or whatsoever you do. Do all to the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians. You know that's chapter 10 and verse 31. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. Over and again, here's the Bible talking about whatever you do, you're doing it unto the Lord, especially as a believer, as a born-again child of God. Every one of us is really a servant of the Lord. And let your mind dwell for a moment upon the concept of a servant, that you belong not to yourself but to somebody else. He, that person, or she owns you and has the right to tell you what to do and what not to do so that you do not do your own thing, but you do his thing. We are the servants of God. He owns us, lock, stock, and barrel. We are his to do with us what he chooses to do. And you are not your own, but you belong to him. And it's not your program, it's his program that you're to perform. Listen to Ephesians. We're at chapter 5 now. And I'm going to start reading with verse 5, and I want you to go through verse 9 and listen to this divine argument of God. Verse 5, Servants, be obedient unto them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart. Listen to these three words, as unto Christ. Servants, as unto Christ. Servants, when you're serving your master, do it as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. We're not talking here about indentured servants before men, particularly, although that is the immediate context, but the divine truth and application is that we're the servants of God. And we're to be not doing our will, but doing the will of God from the heart with good will, doing service. Look at these words, as to the Lord and not to men. That's real clear, is it not? We're to be serving the Lord and not men. Think about that when you go to work tomorrow. You work for the city of Houston or you work for one of the big companies in town or you work for even yourself. Bear in mind that you're to do it not as to men but as to the Lord. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So we're not just talking here about bondsmen in the sense of to other people, but about free men. But all of us are servants of God if we've been saved. We've been bought with the price. And verse 9 says, And you masters, do the same things unto, your, unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. I love those words. Your master is in heaven. You say, Preacher, who's your boss? He's the God of heaven. My master, my real master is in heaven neither is there any respect of persons with him. So here's a divine passage here talking about what we're to do and who we're to do it to. We're to serve the Lord. And today I challenge you as Bereans on this first Sunday of this brand new year, and I was sort of delighted this morning when I came in and Brother Lauren Pixler said to me back there, he said, Preacher, I've been in church every Sunday this year. I said, I hope you can say that on December the 31st. I hope every one of you can say that. So on this first Sunday of this brand new year, I challenge you as a Berean to this mindset. It's what I call routine excellence. Every servant of the Lord, every servant of the Lord should make this mindset 
his mindset or her mindset. Routine excellence should be the mindset of this church. I call it also a spirit of excellence. As a child of God, a spirit of excellence ought to characterize every one of us on this platform and every one of you who sits in this pew. Whether you're in the pew or whether you're at your work or whether you're at your home or whether you're on the streets, wherever you are, a spirit of excellence, routine excellence, it can and it ought to characterize you and me and every child of the king. He is, after all, a special king, a one of a kind, the Lord God of heaven, the Lord of glory, and we are his special children. Do you understand that? There's one king of kings and one Lord of lords and you are born again and he is your heavenly father and you're the child of a king and a king's child ought to act like a king's child. Every one of us every day, every time that we're out in any part of our functioning lives, our God always expects it. You realize our God, our father expects routine excellence in every one of us all the time. It's not an option. He says, that's why I want you to behave. I want you to manifest it. He said to Israel, all the best of the oil and all the best of the wine and of the wheat and the first fruits of them which shall, uh, they shall offer unto the Lord have I given thee. Numbers chapter 18 and verse 12. The best of the fruit, the best of your flocks. That's what I want. The first of the first fruits of thy land which thou shalt bring unto the Lord thy God. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 19. They were never, those people and us, were never to bring anything to the Lord short of the best that they had. Boy, that's awesome. When they came to worship and they were to do it as we are, they were always to bring the very best that they had. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Exodus 20, or 12 and verse 5. Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came yoke. Numbers 19 and verse 2. Look to the book of Malachi. I hope you know your Bible well enough to realize that Malachi is next. It's next to the first book of the New Testament. It's the last book of your Old Testament. So go there. It's easy enough to find Malachi. And look at chapter 1, start with verse 7. God says, You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. And verse 8, if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Why, certainly not. You wouldn't offer, he is saying, to a governor, to a political official, something that was a dud, a sort of a leftover, a castaway. No, if you were going to give President Bush something, or even uh, Governor Perry down here something, or probably even Lee Brown in our city a gift, you'd want to give him something that was fitting of a dignitary, wouldn't you? If you couldn't do that, if you didn't want to give something fitting of a dignitary, you'd rather not give at all. It'd be better to just keep it than to give something that was obviously just a castaway. And here's the God of heaven saying to the Israelis and to the Bereans, every one of you, when you give unto God, don't you give the sick and the leftovers and the castaways. If you have an old TV or an old chair or an old couch that you don't want at your house, don't say, well, I believe I'll give it to the church. Don't look surprised. People do it. 
Well, this is not good enough for my house, but I give it to the Lord. I do believe this in the Bible is talking about just that sort of thing. Well, I'm going to just sort of give it to the Lord. I mean, after all, he, he can take over the leftovers here and just take these castaways that are in my life. Also continuing in verse 12 of this same first chapter here in Malachi. Look at this verse. You have profaned it in that you say, the table of the Lord is polluted and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. You said also, Behold, what a weariness it is. And you have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. You have brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus you brought an offering. Should I accept this at your hand, saith the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and voweth, and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathens. God says, I am the king of kings. I am the one that you're living for. And I expect out of the performance of your life the very best that you have, not that which is your castaways and your leftovers. It's not hard to see what God expects of all who serve him, including you and I. Hear Jesus' own words in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hear that? First, put him first. Give him the best. Give him the first of yours. Give him the very best that you have. There's a song. I just thought I'd bring it along. I love this old song. Give of your best to the master. Give of the strength of thy youth. Throw your soul's fresh glowing ardor into the battle for truth. Give the best to your master. Give him first place in your heart. Give him first place in your service. Consecrate every part. Jesus has set the example. Dauntless was he young and brave. Give him your loyal devotion. Give him the best that you have. Give and it shall be given. God his beloved son gave. Gratefully seeking to serve him. Give him the best that you have. And the refrain continues. Give the best to your master. Give the strength of your youth. Clad in salvation's full armor. Join in the battle for truth. And I say, hallelujah. Let it be that way. Let it be that way with Preacher Hudson. Let it be that way with Aaron Henninger. Let it be that way with Mitch Garner and Jerry Booth and every teacher and every water worker and every committee person, every finance person, every deacon, everybody in this church. Let it be routine excellence. I know I got to calm down here. I'm deliberately aware of that and I'm trying. <laughs> but I'm excited about what I'm preaching. I believe it. I'll tell you right now, I don't get up in this pulpit and preach stuff that I don't believe. It ought to create a spirit of routine excellence in you and me to realize who we belong to, and who God is, and what he expects out of us. It ought to just create that spirit. It ought to just be a natural thing. It's just sort of a, that's what's expected of me. It ought to create it in us toward our families. Let me just pick around here for just a few minutes. <laughs> toward our families. Yes, toward your mate. You ought to act with the best you have when you act towards your mate. I mean that old burly husband with all those beards that he has or that bald head. I'm talking to my wife, treat me better, girl. <laughs> no, and I ought to treat her better, yes, and I intend to. We ought to do it. 
I mean, I'm telling you that when you serve your husband, when you serve your wife, you're to do it as unto the Lord. Isn't that what these verses have just told us here? Your mate, your hus husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. And by the way, if we take this stance of routine excellence toward our mate, I'll tell you it would help in marriages. It would improve a lot of marriages and cut down on a lot of marriage problems. We ought, to, we ought to act with routine excellence toward our children. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Oh, how I wish I'd done my children better. They're grown. I was talking to Ray the other day here, and we were talking about children and how quickly they grow up. And he has one 16, and another one here is just a year or two behind. And we were just talking about the 16-year-old and just realizing that in half the time it would take you to pay off your car on an average note, this child will be out of his house. Probably for good. Going off to college, then getting a job, maybe getting married. I mean, going out there into the world and becoming less and less dependent and less and less at home. While your children are at home, and even when they're gone from home, treat them better. Don't say, well, these are just my kids. I can just sort of slough off and give them the leftovers. Give your children good time. Give your children good attention. Care about what's going on in their lives. Pay attention to what's happening in their lives and the problems that they have, and help them in their lives. They deserve the best. I wish in my own case, like I said, I had done better by my own children, to your parents. I mean realizing that you're the Lord's child and He owns you and He expects the best of you and that when you're doing things toward and responding and reacting toward your own mother and your own daddy, you're doing it as unto the Lord. It ought to make you say, I want to treat my mom right. I want to treat my dad right. I want to treat all these that are my superiors in this world as I grew up, I want to do good by my mom and dad. The Bible says that children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor, give weight to, put them in a high position, your father and your mother. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Do it, beloved. Do it. I'm so glad that I gave my dad the best that I could for a long period of time. He's gone now and has been now a year and a half. And I knew it was going to happen. And I didn't want to have to be at this point after he's already gone wishing I'd gone and seen him more. Wishing that I had spoke more kindly to him. Wishing that I had taken care of more of his needs. I wanted to do it in a way that I could be pleased to know that I gave him the very best because I was not just doing it as the dad, I was doing it as the Lord. For God... Be your best every day. Not just on Sundays, but be your best every day. Dress your best. Yeah, I don't mean you have to wear a coat and tie every day, but dress well, dress proper, clean and sharp and modest. Amen? You follow after uh, many of our fashion Designers, you won't dress very modest, especially you ladies. These designers are not God. They don't know very much about dressing, even though they sell lots of clothes. They don't know much about how to dress modestly, but God knows how to dress you in a proper way 
so that how you dress will not call attention to your bosom or to your other parts of your body, but to your eyes. And that's where the attention really ought to be by others, especially of the opposite sex, on you ladies. And you need to help promote that. You need to dress in a modest way. And we can all be clean. Doesn't it just sort of knock you over when you see somebody that looks all nice and sharp and they sort of wave up their arms and all of a sudden, whoo! Got to knock you over, doesn't it? Yeah. Soap's cheap. Water's pretty abundant here. We're not living in the desert. Showers and tubs. Man, yeah, it can be clean. I'll be clean when I go out to deer hunt. Now, I may smell like fresh earth. Put some of that scent. It's supposed to kill all your odor. And, oh, but it'll be clean. Yeah. You come up in Colorado, you catch me up there fishing, I'll be clean. I'll probably have fallen in the river not long before. No, I'll be clean. I can always be clean. In fact, one of the things about camping out, and I love to hike and camp out, is that I tell you, I like baths as well. And somehow I'm going to get one. I remember one time way back in Colorado at a place called Ruby Lake. Man, it's cold enough to freeze. And I had already walked a couple of days, and I said, fellas, i got to have a bath. And so I got down here with just some boxers on, and I walked out in the lake with some soap, and it didn't take long, but I got cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to be my best to the Lord. And wherever I am, and it's easy for us to dress our best. We ought to have that mentality. I want to dress my best. I want to do good work every day. Listen to the Bible talk about it, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. You know what it's saying here? Live in such a way, work in such a way that, that when people see your work, they may have condemned you, they may have put you down, but when they see your product, the work you do, the accounting you do, or the tire you fix, or the fire you put out, or whatever you do, that when people see the quality of work they do, that you do, they'll be ashamed for bad things they said. Usually it's the other way, isn't it? <laughs> Sometimes when they see the work you do, they're ashamed of you and feel bad towards you. I think you know the story I told about this guy kept having a rattle in his new car door on the left side, driver's side door. It just kept rattling in there and rattling in there. And if you know, you're one of us guys that like things to be right. A little rattle will drive you crazy. I mean, that Chinese torture treatment would kill me. Rattle, rattle. Well, finally he got the thing down to the shop after a long bunch of searching and hunting and so on. And they took the door and finally fished around in there and found a little bolt. You know, it's a little bolt, about a, about a half inch, three quarter inch bolt, three eighths baby. And it had a note tied around it and it said, you finally found it, didn't you? <laughs> oh, I hate to be that. Oh, Work in such a way that people will be proud of you and say good things about your product. That they won't go into the gym and move a ceiling tile and look up there and say, good, that's the worst job I ever saw. And feel bad about it. 
and say bad things and think bad things about you because of what they see you've done and hidden, thinking nobody would ever find out. Do good work. Be the best housekeeper you can be. Lady, don't keep your house in such a way if the preacher calls you say, don't come tonight, I need to clean my house. It happens to me. I'm telling you the truth. Like, you can't come tonight. My the husband, usually the lady won't say it. The husband will say, well, you better, my wife says, maybe you need to come. <laughs> be the best secretary you can be. Yes, the best salesman. I don't mean lying and cheating so you can just make a lot of money. I'm talking about a real quality salesman who tells the truth, represents the product the way it really is. Be the best carpenter. Be the best student that you can possibly be. My, conduct yourself with class. I mean, just conduct yourself with class. I'm talking about routine excellence. I'm talking about us being the servants of God and doing what we do as to the Lord. And that says simply on lots of fronts, many things, but it says, watch your posture. Look at these guys right here. You guys ought not be sitting up here all slumped down and all down like that. You ought to sit up. Isn't that the truth? You ought to look up here. You ought to say, I'm not ashamed of my preacher. <laughs> there must be something in the Bible about clowns too, huh? <laughs> yeah. We ought to, my mom used to say, and I didn't appreciate it, son, hold your shoulders back. I didn't do it long enough. Now I'm, you know, it caught up with me. I can't hold them back for a long at a time. They just got, I'm going to tell you. We ought, to, we ought to do the best we can. I like to see people who walk right and who are erect. Don't you like to see those Marines doing it? Boy, I'm proud of the Marines. I mean, they got the right step. and they know I, I know all of us are not Marines, but I tell you what, we can all walk right. We can all do the best we can. And we ought to be careful about how we look. We ought to be careful about our posture. But we ought to also be careful about, about words. I told you I was going to meddle around here a little bit about what you say. And believe me, I could talk a lot about words, but I'm not, going to, I'm not going to get too much into it, but just be careful about the words that you say. In fact, Ray told me a cute little story. <laughs> He's talking about this guy that had his two kids in the back seat of the car and they were misbehaving. And finally, uh, after he couldn't get them quieted down, he pulled off and he kind of roughed them up and he shook them you know, down good and gave them a little swat. Told them, said, don't you say anything for 30 minutes. Do I'm going to give you a and so they got in the car, and the little old kid sat back there, you know, and they just kind of be quiet. And after about 30 minutes, the little old boy said, Dad, is 30 minutes been out? <laughs> and he said, yeah, I think so. You want to, I said, can I say something? He said, yeah. He said, when you whipped me back there, I said, I lost my shoe. <laughs> you better be careful what you say. Ray, thanks for the illustration. Yeah, you got to watch it. Be careful what you say about your neighbors and about your wife and to your children and the manner in which you say it. Conduct yourself with class, with your manners and your reactions. Drive like a Christian. I see some guys that don't drive like a Christian, and some of them are Christians. And isn't that embarrassing to be up there? And you can read their lips. Not good. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
Matthew 5, 16. You know that. That says you belong to Him. You ought to act like you're His. And when people know you're His and you don't act like you're His, then you not only hurt yourself, but you're a reproach to Him as well. So what I say is behave like the child of the King that you really are. Be the best mother, the best listener. Speak well. Pay attention. Stay in the game. Keep your head in the game. Be courteous and be kind. After all, you're living your life for the Lord. Let me quickly say, this church and everyone in it should be known for routine excellence. Let us always keep the place clean. Thank God for Karen and Walter Moran who work and keep this building clean. Let every singer always do like Mandy did right here this morning, sing as your best unto the Lord. Don't get up here and say, well, I'm going to practice on you all today. I'm tempted to set you down if you do that. You ought to do your practicing before you come in to worship God. Yeah. Give your best to the Master. Always at church, in the songs we sing, in the Sunday school lessons, every teacher going to his class every week ready, prepared in his spirit and in his material to preach and teach the Word of God in its best palatable fashion to those who are sitting there. And every time in Awana, and every time on every committee, always our best unto the Lord, giving it to Him time and again. May every service, every ministry, every mission effort always manifest care and planning and routine excellence, a spirit of excellence. May every service be that way. Wear your best clothes to church. Yeah, we're coming into the house of God. I can't imagine coming down here just... You know, I have to, like I said, wear a suit and tie, but come looking like I'm going to meet the God of heaven. And I said, you got a, an invitation to meet with President Bush. Would you wear your shorts? I doubt it. You think you'd wear a short skirt? I doubt it. Would you go down there in your old floppy blue jeans and not clean stone? I doubt it. Well, I'd go if that's the best I had, but I'm just telling you, Wear what you dress like you're going to God. When you come to meet with God, who are we here to meet with? Just each other? If so, we ought not to be here. We ought to, we've come here to meet the God of heaven and to worship Him and to praise Him. So what I'm saying is, dress like it. When we go to church, I'm talking about from the sermons we see, preach or the songs we sing or the way we dress, the way we behave one toward another, we're doing it as unto the Lord and it ought to be routine excellence. Routine, not just now and then for a big day, but all the time. I'm going to conclude here by pointing out something you know. God always gives us His best. I mean, uh, every time. God's just in the business of routine excellence. Yes, and God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31. Wow, isn't this natural world something? In spite of our pollution... I love the natural world. I just love a sunset, a sunrise, sun in the middle of the day. Thank God for the rain. Thank God for beautiful trees. Thank God for deer and turkey and squirrels. And thank God for air to breathe. Thank God for every natural thing. Yes, God created the heaven and the earth and he rested on the seventh day and he said, everything I've done is good. Yeah, thank God he didn't just throw it together and give us some old leftovers. God gave the best. God's so good to us. As King David once said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. 
That's Psalm 68 and verse 19. When God gave us his son, well, you talk about doing his best. God gave the best heaven had when he gave Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, not just an angel, not just some other seraphim or cherubim that was up there in heaven, whoever all those spiritual beings are. God gave us his only begotten son, not the brother of the devil, Satan, but Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God. And I say hallelujah for the great gift of God in Jesus Christ our Savior. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. No wonder Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, Thank God, our thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Truly we can say with David in Psalm 8 and verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth. Who has set the glory of thy glory above the heavens? Paul gave these instructions. He gave them in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 7. That you may approve things that are excellent. I thought about that as a, as a text verse for today. That you may approve things. I'm hungry. <laughs> Guess I'm going to have to stay back here that you may approve things that are excellent. He's saying routine excellence. That's a call of God for doing things the best you can do them every day, whether you're at church or whether you're at home, whether you're at the job, wherever you are, giving God the best. Give of your best to the master, but always bearing in mind that you will not be saved. You will not go to heaven because you give your best. You can give the best you have, but it's all as filthy rags before God when it comes to redeeming you or bringing about or earning your salvation. It will not work. The only way you can be saved, go to heaven, have hope of eternity beyond the grave with God instead of in the lake of fire is by receiving the excellent gift of God, taking advantage of the excellent routine, excellent work of God in Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. For the best job that was ever done was the day when God gave His only begotten Son and He went to the cross voluntarily taking your sin and mine upon His own body and paying with His own blood in death on the cross that we might have life eternal. And I'll tell you, the way to heaven is by accepting Him and His work on your behalf. That'll and that alone qualify you for heaven. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, I... I just come here to say thank you today for the privilege it is to be here and to declare these truths. And I pray, Lord, that in me, this spirit of excellence, this idea of routine excellence would become a routine mentality for me, just a part of my psychic, the way I act, the way I behave. I ask, Lord, that'll not just be true of me, but it'll be true of every staff person here and every teacher here of our choir folks, of all of our special music singers, of the people in that sound room, of our ushers and our deacons. 
all the people in Awana, people who serve on committees, people who are in any way an officer in this church, everybody who serves. Lord, may it not just characterize us here, but may it characterize us in our lives everywhere we go. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you give us a good year, the best year we've had, truly best, an excellent year, not only in the way we behave before you and serve you, but, Lord, that you will load us with blessings. Lord, we want to see people saved. We want to see people added to this church. We want to see lives changed in our plans. You know that our vision and our goal is in that direction. I pray that you'll give us your blessing. Father, we're offering an invitation. There are probably people here who've never been saved, who've never received that unspeakable gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. I'm sure we'd love to see them come. They need to come. They don't need to be waiting and putting off. They need to come today. There are some others who need to come and join this church by letter or statement. Some who've been saved but never been baptized who need to come. No doubt many Bereans right here need to just come and humble themselves, pray, not saying anything to me or to any of these men, but just come here and publicly commit themselves to routine excellence. Say, God help me to have this mentality. Lord, this is your invitation, and I ask you to be in full control. And nobody would resist what they know they ought to do at this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord, and He will surely give you rest by trusting in His Word. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now. answered come here to brother Jerry come here to brother Aaron they're here for the very purpose of answering your questions and if they can't do it in short order they'll spend more time with you later here's brother Chesley over here here's Miss Whitehead over here they're ready to take you aside and answer your questions no doubt some of you need to come and be a part of this church you need to make this your home You've been looking this place over. You know it's a place where the Word of God is preached, where Christ is exalted, where there's equality in the music and all through this church. And you know our heart. And you say, I'd like to be a part of this church, make it my own. We'd love to have you. We've been praying God to add to us. And I ask you to come. Christian, member of this church, you just need to come here and say, this message was for me. I needed this start off this year. I want to commit myself to the Lord. Come. You say somebody might laugh at me. They ought not to. They ought to rejoice that you'd have a tender heart and determination. You need to come while we sing this next verse. Would you do it? 
For Jesus shed his precious blood, rich blessings to bestow. Are there others yet? now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. Yes, Jesus is the truth, the way that leads you into rest. Believe in Him without delay, and you are fully blessed. Only trust Him, only trust Him, only trust Him now he will save you he will save you he will save you now come every soul by sin oppressed there's mercy with the Lord and Trusting in his word. Now, there, while we sing this chorus, thank God for this dear lady with a tender heart. Come and say, I want to do better. Only trust him now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you. you for being in the house of God today, especially all of you who are our guests. I see a good number of folks who are here, and just remember, dear friends and brothers and sisters and fellow church members, Bereans, you're off to a 100% start. Every one of us can join Brother Lauren today and say, I've been in church every Sunday this year. Next Sunday, how many are going to be here? <laughs> well, wonderful, hallelujah. You might, you know, this message is sort of me. I mean, i I want, I mean, it's like I'd like to be. Let's just put it that way. You say, do you succeed at it? No. But I'll tell you, just because when I was a little child and trying to learn to walk, I didn't first walk, I kept falling, I didn't quit trying. I intend to try and keep on trying until Jesus comes. I hope you've all joined me in your heart, every one of you. I'm going to preach tonight on my spirit shall not always strive with men. Matthew 6 and verse 3. It's a passage that a lot of people don't have a clue to. And I just believe it will really be a help to you. I'll be looking forward to seeing you here tonight, Brother Jerry. Well, just wanted to uh, to mention Brother Danny came this morning and 
and like I, I believe a lot of us, uh, me included, uh, he's he's in a place now where he just really wants to his light to shine for the Lord. He wants to be the best father, the best employee, the best in every area of his life. And he's asking the church to pray for him in that manner. And uh, so often, as I was sharing with him, we just it's real easy to coast along, to get into that just mode of just here here I'm going through it and I'm just going through the motions. But when it, we shouldn't do that with the Lord. We should give the Lord our best every day in every aspect of our lives. And he's asking the church to pray for him in that. Will you do it? Amen. Thank you very much. Brother Mitch has one quick announcement. He's going to close our service. Thank you, Mitch. Well, it's a new year, and of course with that comes a new choir program. Amen. I'll tell you what, we kind of surprised some folks this morning. Didn't know if it was for sure having choir, but yes, we were going to have it. And we do have rehearsal this afternoon at the new time of 5 o'clock. So those of you who are in the choir, all of you who are in our Christmas program, and some of you that's talked to me about starting choir at the beginning of the new year, we want you to come in. This is the best time to do it, amen? I mean, today's a good time to start this new year by coming in and joining with us. We've got room for you. We're going to be learning some new music. Got a lot of good work to do. And I just pray for that routine excellence that Brother Hudson talked about this morning to just kind of spill over into our choir and music program here at the church. And uh, we'll certainly strive and do all that we can to sing our best and do it all for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ and for it to be a blessing to you folks too when you come and to be an uplift to you and an encouragement to you. So if you will, if you're thinking about it, and especially all of you that were in our program, we want you to come on back now and let's get back into that routine. Sunday afternoons at 5 o'clock, Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock, and we're going to have a great time serving the Lord together here at Berean. Are you glad to be here this morning? Well, amen. Look forward to seeing you back here.